Louis Aldevan with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions that may occur to you. Just give us a call. Our number is 291-6901. And use the area code here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, which is 225. You can reach us from anywhere inside the continental United States this morning. There you go. We always appreciate it when you do because we like hearing folks all around the country, all around town. Even... All around, around the world, there you go. <laughs> everywhere you may be, you know, questions are always good. Just give us a call. It makes it a lot easier for us to do the show when sure. we do have questions because it kind of breaks it up and brings up other topics that may not have occurred to you otherwise. Exactly. So, you know, we generally have some kind of a topic or basic thing we're talking about, but you're never limited to that. Whatever might be on your mind, just give us a call. There Try you go. Point in the right direction. Should you happen to miss your prime opportunity to get a live answer, you can always go to our website and get your questions answered that way. The address is agcoauto.com. That is A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. There is a contact bar on each and every page. Click the button, fill out the form, and hit the send button. There you go. It would be easier than that. Just send it to them. Get an ask back to you within 24 hours, sometimes a lot sooner. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we were at the wedding last night, and youngest daughter got uh-huh. married, uh, Elizabeth. Yeah. And I was talking to my new son-in-law's father, Okay, and he was telling me a story. He asked what i did for a living and i told him and you know if you tell people that you work in the automotive business, everybody's got an automotive tale oh, to tell definitely and i thought it was a kind of an interesting story and i thought i would bring it up a little bit today and, and talk about it just a bit and the story was that his horn quit blowing okay toyota tundra not that it makes a difference but it quit blowing but every once in a while if you turned it a certain way it would blow okay so he Starts looking for someone to fix it, and he calls one Toyota dealer here in town, and they said they charge X dollars to diagnose the problem. Sure. And he calls another one, and again, they charge X dollars. And then he calls a third one, and they said, we do not charge to diagnose the problem as long as we do the work. So based on that, he made a decision to go there. Okay. And... You know, I'm not saying that's wrong or whatever. I'm going to get back to that in just a minute. But he goes in, and they bring out a work order, and he signs it. And they go in, and they tell him the clock spring okay, which is bad. Is, which is the connection between the steering column and the steering wheel. Right, and the horn does go through that. Right. It's part of the airbag assembly. Well, he authorizes the work. It's 600 and something dollars, which I think is a little pricey, but... You know, Some of those clock springs are kind yeah, of expensive. This, this one I looked up, it's about a $300 part. So somewhere in there, they got about $300 worth of labor. Which sure. It's about a one-hour job to do, so whatever. Anyway, he picks the truck up, takes off down the road, hits the horn, it doesn't blow. Okay. So he turns around, he goes right back. Well, they keep the truck for a couple of days and do something to it. So we're going to add an additional ground to it. I said, well, it didn't have an additional ground there for the first 100,000 miles exactly. it was working, so that really doesn't make much sense. But nonetheless, anyway, picks the truck up, same exact problem. Okay. Eventually, he brings the truck back, and they he he requests that they put somebody else on it, a different tech. Uh-huh. And I, I agree with that because sometimes people get sort of tunnel vision. So he goes in, and he finds that the little bearing in the assembly, which serves as the ground for the whole system, was sort of corroded or rusted up. He puts a disfe- I know I'm gonna say this word wrong. Disfectant, I think it's called. It's a it's a grease that actually conducts electricity okay. on the little bearing. Uh huh. Problem is solved. Goes away. So he 
course, first thing occurs to him, now, wait a minute, I'm out 600 bucks here, and what do we do now? Right. Because clearly the, your solution was not the solution. Well, they bring out the work order, and they said, read the fine print. And, again, I haven't seen it myself, but what he says, it's, it states that whatever they do, you got to pay them for it, right or wrong. Okay. Yeah, I thought that, that was kind of strange. Yeah. I had never heard of that particular policy, and he said, no, that's pretty common. Really? They, they told him. Anyway, long story short, luckily he did eventually get the truck fixed after three visits, but he had to sign an agreement. He said they wouldn't work on a truck until he signed this agreement. And he said, just read the fine print. What's a whole big old long well, yeah. paragraph of legalese there? He not, didn't read not, it. He not many people it. do. No, I wouldn't think so. But where all this comes from or goes back to, the method that you use to select the shop is going to have a lot to do with the outcome. Sure. Now, is it legal for them to do that? I'm sure if you signed a contract up front saying whatever they did, you were going to pay them for. That's then binding. That, that's, I'm not a lawyer, but that right. sounds pretty legal to me. I know we have occasionally made an error in diagnostics in our shop, and we eat it. Sure. I mean, that was, that was my mistake. It's a learning experience. I always call it a stupid tax. But you know, you just have to eat that because you made a mistake. It's not right, in my opinion, to charge, to charge someone for that. Right. But where it all kind of started, in my opinion, diagnosis is one of the most difficult, most expensive things you do in any shop. So why would you give it away for free? Correct. If you're not charging for that, why? Because there is going to be a charge. Sure. Believe me. Oh, you're you, going to pay for it. If you hear the word free, ever, 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 run like the devil. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> Nothing is ever free. No. Not ever. Somebody pays for it. You may transfer it to someone else under certain circumstances. Or you may move it somewhere else on the hide invoice it somewhere on the invoice or whatever you know but nothing is ever truly free no you're going somebody is going to pay a price somewhere for it particularly on something as expensive as diagnostic labor and diagnostic time i just feel that it is more indicative of an honest shop to explain to you up front sure the way the charges are going to work and like i said he was he was a little disappointed in the whole Oh, I guess Experience. so. I would be too. I remember reading somewhere, uh, I forget one of the old philosophers said, you, you can't cheat an honest man. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if that's so or not. You might be able to cheat an honest man. But what I think he intended was most people who end up getting taken are generally looking for something for free or more than what they would normally have gotten. Uh-huh. When you reason out that nothing is ever going to be free, I'm going to have to pay for everything that I get. If you see the word free, then you're going to be kind of skeptical. That's kind of where I am in my life. I, myself. Because after many, 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 many years of making stupid mistakes and, and getting burned uh-huh. every single time, you yeah. know, I've learned that I would rather just go ahead, you that's, tell me what it's going to cost to get this check, and I'll pay you for that. And if I agree with you, that's fine. If I don't agree, I'll go somewhere else. Sure. But I'll just pay my own way as I go because I know it's going to be cheaper for me in the long run. And as it worked out here, you know, it, it kind of brought up to me that, in the industry, or really not even in this industry, everywhere, you'll see this over and over and over again. You'll see free this, free right. that, in all sorts of things. And does that mean that this person is going to go in and do a whole lot of work and not charge you anything if you decide not, not to do it? Right. That, that's never the case. Well, and that's what the signature in the fine print was for. Right, exactly. I remember back at one time with transmissions, because transmissions are a pretty high-ticket item for sure. the most part, and... 
there were some shops out there that everybody kind of everybody in the industry kind of knew were shady mm-hmm. and they would always advertise free towing right right i remember that yeah free towing you don't see it so much anymore but you see it a lot well their entire business model was to get this vehicle into their shop and get it disabled sure by whatever means they had to so somebody would call around and the first thing out about how much is the transmission not well, knowing, not knowing whether you need a transmission or not. We don't know if there's anything even wrong with the transmission. You may have an engine misfire. You may have a plug catalytic converter. You exactly. may have a fan on the engine it's freezing up, and it sounds like the engine's racing. Nobody has established any of that. They would quote you a price, and sure. that price would always be on the low end. It would never be the lowest because they, they had already called everybody in town. They knew oh, yeah. what everybody was charging. They wanted a price on the low end, but not the lowest. But and, well below the average. And then they would offer you free towing on well, top of it. Well, that's the thing. You'd say, how much is it? Well, that's the price right off the bat. It's a fairly reasonable price. Okay, mm-hmm. well, that sounds good. How do I get it there? Oh, we got free towing. There you go. Wow. Uh, suppose I, oh, we got, they had an answer for everything. Sure. Because those guys who did that kind of stuff had sat there and drilled every oh, yeah. single objection and came up with a reason why. We're going to talk more about that in just a minute. Take our first quick little break. Be right back with more. If you ever plan to move west. Mimi, your hair is so cute. Who cuts it? Oh, thanks. I got a guy for you. Here's his card. It just says Fallon. Oh, no. It's Fallon. Well, uh, Fallon doesn't have a number on his card. I know. Appointments with Fallon are referral only. But I must cut a lock of your hair. Deliver it to Fallon. He will put it under his pillow for a week, and your style and cut will come to him in a vision. Seems like old Fallon has quite a gig going. Today, everybody's got a guy. If you're looking for an automotive guy, think Agco Automotive. No complications, just quality maintenance and repairs you can trust. And with ACO's general inspection, they complete an annual checkup to diagnose problems and schedule maintenance so you can budget for the year and keep your car in tip-top shape. So, how much does Fallon charge for a cut? That will come to him in a vision, too. Get automotive peace of mind. Schedule your general inspection today at ACO Automotive. ACO, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back. Just join us, the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Lewis Alvesan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hatred Tools try to answer any questions you may have. Just give us a call. Our number is 291-6901. And we're just waiting for you to call. There we are. There you go. We're talking a little bit about you know, some of the things that go on and free, right. free and why free is really not a viable concept, in my opinion. And like I said, these guys would call around. They'd find out what everybody else charges. Mm-hmm. They'd set a price. And, and that was the get-you-in-the-door price. Sure. Now, once they get the car there, which is the whole purpose. So, like I said, they got free towing, they mm-hmm. got free inspection, they got free this, free that. The very first thing they were going to do is to disassemble the transmission. Right. Take it take out it of the out car and, and take t- it apart. Put it in a box. Right. Now, anyone who knows anything about diagnosis knows all diagnosis ends when that transmission comes out and comes apart. Sure. There will be no diagnosis at that point because you've destroyed the system that is necessary to duplicate the problem. Mm-hmm. Many, many times, no one had ever duplicated the problem. No, they just brought, had the car in and took trans apart. Right. Now, at this point, they would call you with the real price, which was probably three times what, what, it, what they, what they, what they quoted. quoted you. 
Well, no, that's not what you said. You said, no, no, well, it had this and this and this. That was just for soft parts, and it's got some hard parts. Anyway, some people would just buy it and go ahead and get it done. Others people might balk at it. Well, they had a whole series of different procedures they go through at that point. But the thing is, at that point, they pretty much had you. because right. they had your car. Well, it's in pieces. Now, to make it even more... I guess, unbelievable or whatever, what would happen if you insisted, no, I want my car back, I'm taking it somewhere else? Well, this was a transmission shop. They had dozens of transmissions there taken apart. They had old parts laying around everywhere. Sure. You weren't getting your parts back. No, you were getting all these old parts put in a box and put yeah. it in the trunk of your car. And it would probably cost more than they quoted to fix that transmission. Oh, definitely. Because it was burned slam up. And you never knew they'd take the planetary assembly out of your car, put in another transmission, charge the guy full price for it. So that free towing, free diagnosis, all that was included in that. Mm-hmm. Nothing is ever free. You're always going to pay. And most of the time, people who are willing to use that tactic are people are who, ones. you know, if, if they've gotten over the moral concept of being honest with people, where does it stop? Right. You know, why not just blow it all the way out? <laughs> and I know this sounds kind of unbelievable, but I'm telling it you, happens. stranger things have happened for yeah. sure. Let's go to our phone lines. We've got Wallace on the line. Good morning, Wallace. Good morning, Lewis. First off, congratulations to Elizabeth. Well, and thank you. you. I guess you got to go back to work for a while now. Right? <laughs> nah, <laughs> we did it on Thanksgiving holidays. <laughs> so that's true. That's true. There you go. My question isn't necessarily repair, mm-hmm. but looking at cars to purchase and one thing, I've got a RAV4 right now where right. the tire hangs on the back. Okay. okay. I like because I like to check my air pressures about once a month. Mm-hmm. Maybe other, every other time I'll check the spare. But these ones that have it underneath the rear end, that's really kind of a pain in the rear end to get to. It's yeah. an extreme pain, Wallace. And I tell you, we generally, as part of our general inspection, that's one thing that we check is a spare tire. Because most people sure. don't have the wherewithal to do it. And, Brian, what would you say, 90%? of them come in are either flat or very low oh yeah i mean yeah, a, a huge, a huge yeah. percentage amount and you're going to find that out at the worst possible time you could find that out when you're sitting on the side of the interstate with a flat tire well is there such a thing as an air hose that could screw onto that spare sure and get into the back compartment sure that you there is tap off yeah of you, you could rig that even better while it's on some toyota products and it's not on all of them across the board some toyota products have a fifth TPMS sensor in the spare tire, and the right. system is geared with five channels, so it can read when the spare goes low, which I always thought was an excellent, excellent use of that technology. And that is mostly on the full-size spare. I don't think the temporary actually has a sensor in it. Right. So the if you're running to use a full-size spare, a right. lot of them had that system. It was a great system. Yeah, I always thought that was the ideal use of a TPMS system, but nobody other than Toyota that I'm aware of ever used it, I mean, and they don't use it on all their models. Right, if it only came on the spare. I would be happy with that. Yeah, system. yeah, because I can look at the other yeah, tires and right. check those easily. The spare is the one that's the problem. Mine has that, and it's where the light comes on. I check all the tires; they're all okay. So I said, "Okay, now it's the mm-hmm. damn spare." Right, okay. right. exactly. Now for mine, I got to fight that cover on the back. Exactly, that's it's, correct. And plus, and, if I'm on the road, I have a flat, mm-hmm. and I'm stuck with having to change it. Then to get that thing down is. One more task. It's not easy. Well, and and it's never easy. And even worse, a lot of the new cars don't even have a spare. They don't come with a spare or a jack. So, um, yeah, it's kind of a weird situation the way car makers are building automobiles, in my opinion. Uh, I guess they got purposes and reasons behind it. But, 
Yeah, we looked at a brand new car the other day. It came in for uh, something, and the guy said, uh, "Would you check my spare?" I'd be sure. And, and we Open the look, trunk. There's none in there. <laughs> there's there. not a spare on this car at all. So I called the dealership and just asked, "Oh yeah, we sell a spare kit. A spare kit is three hundred and fifty dollars option, extra." Right. They had the place well, for it. It just wasn't in there. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, then that's a lot of fun when you do get that flat. And uh-huh. Yeah. Not, even if you're on uh, in the American Automobile. So that's right. But, they you know. out there and they look at it. Well, what can I do? <laughs> well, and how long are you going to be sitting there waiting right. for them to come out? And if they get out there, well, what, other than tow the car, because they're not riding around with a spare tire for every car that's on the road, you know, they, they're not going to yeah. have a, one that's going to fit your car. Not by a long shot. But uh, to answer yeah. your original question, yeah, that could be done, some kind of a remote way to uh, access that valve stem. Yep. I would think that you put it in and it would depress. Is that a Schrader valve? Yeah, a little Schrader valve in it. Mm-hmm. And that it presses it, but the other one's got another Schrader valve with a cap on it. Well, like you said before, the cap is what keeps the air in your tire. Correct. Well, in this case, the hose would serve as the cap, right. and you'd have a cap on right. the other end of it. The you, RV the RV community has extensions for the rear dual rear wheels. We had some had a gentleman in last week that had some on his vehicle. Uh, you could use something like that if you could run it up inside the engine compartment. Pretty, um, yeah, in the uh, pretty legit trunk compartment. Yeah, from, yeah, it could definitely yeah, be done. Right. The, yeah, the Rav Four. Yeah, just run it into that little mm-hmm. correct. You know, you know, junk collector for me. There I, you go. I don't know how many sets of windshield wipers. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me try these out, and then I look. I've got three other sets in there. There you go. Yep, the way that works. Okay, well, you have yourself a grand weekend. Okay, Wallace. Thanks for calling, man. Thank you, sir. Okay, bye bye. Hi, going right back to the line with Caleb. Good morning, Caleb. Hey, Lewis and Brian, how y'all doing? Doing morning? great, sir. Good morning. Awesome. Really enjoy the show. Thank you. Got an interesting little uh, scenario going on here that I can't quite put my finger on. Okay. Got a 2017 Silver, Chevy Silverado, mm-hmm. 1500. Okay. And every time I pull a trailer, my temperature's going up. It'll go, you know, it's normally around two, stays around 210, but, you know, empty trailer, loaded trailer, it doesn't matter. If I get up to... You know, once I get up on the highway, it's getting up to 220, 225, and hmm. just can't quite figure out what's going on. Yeah, if it's doing it going down the highway, Caleb, you can eliminate everything in the airflow category. In other words, things like the fan and all that, that can't do it. Because doing right. 60, 70 miles an hour, you got 70 mile an hour wind going. It doesn't need any of that. That's going to be right. what they call a capacity problem, where you're not flowing enough coolant to deal with the extra capacity of the, the trailer weight. I would suspect, and the easiest and cheapest thing would be maybe a thermostat that's partially stuck and is not opening to its fullest extent so that when the vehicle's unloaded, it's got enough capacity to where it can handle that. Then if you, know, you put some more weight behind it, it's just restricting enough. That would be the easiest, simplest thing, certainly not the only thing. Right. I believe the first thing I would do is get your owner's manual out. And go into the towing section and read that thoroughly because there may be a, a situation where you have to actually take it out of overdrive, you know, out of sixth gear and down into fifth gear to tow mm-hmm. with, or it's got a tow button that is designed to pull the extra capacity. But all that should be listed in your own. If there manual. is anything built in. Yeah. Right. And I, and I, and I've done that with the, with the tow haul. I've tried it uh-huh, with okay. and without. It's still and, overheated. Um, and it seems like it goes up hotter when the tow haul button is on. Hmm. 
Yeah, and I'm not sure I, what it, all my things. My first instinct was thinking water pump because my, my water no. pump, actually, the bearings went out in my water pump. Well, it's possible. And, uh, and I had that replaced, and it and it, it's still doing it. Yeah, and see, the, the thermostat normally on a Chevy pickup is on that water pump, and if they did not replace the thermostat when they replaced the pump, they may have got it it may have got bounced around or tapped or hit or or bent slightly or whatever i mean a water yeah. pump could do it if like the impeller say it was an aftermarket water pump and the impeller was not quite as big as the original again it may move enough water in normal circumstances there's lots of little things but i think the first thing that i would do it's not terribly difficult to take the thermostat out you could take your thermostat out put it in a pot of water heat it up with a thermometer in there and see if it's opening fully and, and opening okay. fully at the right temperature. You know, it's pretty easy okay. to test. Or alternatively, just get a new OEM mm-hmm. thermostat and put in there because they're not that expensive right. at that point. But I would right. say that would be the most common thing. I mean, obviously, there are other things that could cause it, you know, but that would be, yeah. I think, the most common and, and easiest well, I'm, and I'm cheapest. Gonna well, I'm going to give that a try. I'm going to give that a try. Thank mm-hmm. you so much, guys. And hey, congratulations to you and your family and your daughter. Well, thank you, Caleb. Thank you. Thanks for calling, man. All right. Take care. Bye bye. I got to take our second quick little break. Hey, we'll be right back with a whole lot more on the Automotive Hour. Linda, I've been so tense lately. Can you recommend a masseuse? Oh, have I got a massage guy. Johan Thundercloud. He's Swedish Native American who uses classic deep tissue massage with natural healing methods. That sounds interesting. His deep tissue green pine cone massage is amazing. Along with the piercing eagle claw technique. Working your muscles with a rhythmic screech. When you hear that, you know it's working. I bet. It seems everybody's got a guy these days. And if you're looking for an automotive guy, check out the team at Agco Automotive. We keep it simple with high-quality maintenance and repairs you can trust. And don't forget about Agco's general inspection, an annual checkup to diagnose problems and schedule maintenance so your car will perform for the long term. One thing, though. Do you bleed easily? What? Johan will want to know. Get automotive peace of mind. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back. It's Darn the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldazan, with Mr. Brian Terry. And we're here to talk about any kind of automotive problems you may have, any kind of concerns you got. You just give us a call, 291-6901. You're on the last call or a couple things that occurred to us, and, and you mentioned it, and it's a good thing. If it is remotely possible that right. it's an electrical issue having to do with maybe the uh, connector or something, causing some kind of electrical interference, causing the gauge to move up when it's not actually getting hot. Right. But that would be easy to check. I'd have to verify the temperature first. Right. And then, well, you get, know, once get it, it gets to a full temp, temperature, then plug trailer, right. it instantly jumps up. Without, then you know. Then, yeah, you probably got some kind of electrical issue here. I think that's probably not it's, likely. It's kind but of far, but possible. one of the things that could be possible. Yeah, another thing, he didn't mention what size trailer it was. I got the impression that it was a smaller trailer uh-huh. that he was pulling or a, a trailer well under the capacity of the truck. You know, obviously, if you got a gooseneck trailer with a D4 sure. uh, bulldozer on it, yeah, it's going to get hot because you're pulling over the capacity of the truck, but uh-huh. I don't think that's the case here. But, you know, there are things like that that can enter into it. That's sure. why you have to try to. But that, I think, again, the, the probably the simplest explanation would be that thermostat. Yeah. And, again, if the thermostat were removed for some reason, put back in as possible it was damaged, mm-hmm. sometimes just taking a thermostat out that's been in for a while – 
and when the air hits it right it causes it to gald up and not yeah, operate it, properly it's anymore. got all kind of stuff that's been flowing past it and it's staying kind of soft and all deposits one thing or another you take it out and those harden up well now it can start jamming on you you know and i've even seen doing a coolant service when you just get Correct. the coolant off of it not even disturbing the thermostat mm-hmm. itself sometimes they'll gald up and and quit working like they're supposed that to. is a risk that you always take when you service particularly an older, older. cooling system or mm-hmm. one that has not been properly maintained correct you go in you drain out the coolant the oxygen enters the system and it touches all this stuff and things like thermostats That's why i always recommend if you've got a higher mileage vehicle or particularly a vehicle that has not been properly maintained say the coolant is pretty nasty in mm-hmm. it i recommend change thermostat at the same time sure just good just preventive sure problem because if you do while you've got the coolant drain at very least it's gonna be less expensive and if well, you, you don't have to don't, deal with the coolant twice yeah if you don't you're gonna have to drain all that coolant back out and go back in again sure and in conditions where the coolant the coolant is in really rough condition it's not a bad idea even with everything change it do everything properly to come back again in a very short march of days and do it a second time exactly because you can't always get 100 percent of that cool yeah, you're not ever gonna get 100 uh, percent. i mean it, at very most you're gonna probably get what 60 70 percent yeah, maybe 80 on some vehicles that would be depending kind of on the application but by doing it again you're diluting whatever was left in there and you're getting it out so you're getting more out by doing it twice mm-hmm. not unlike the way we service transmissions that don't have a pan right kind of like your honda product yeah it's good you do a drain and fill and that gets some of it out but by doing a second drain and fill you get much more of it out again you're not going to get 100 no. if you understand what's going on here there's no method that's ever going to change 100 percent of all the fluid in a transmission other than taking it out completely disassembling it drying every single part reassembling it and putting more fluid in it that's exactly. the only way you can get 100 percent of fluid out they got these flush machines which what they're doing they're pulling fluid out one line dumping the fresh fluid back in with the old dirty fluid and then running it through mm-hmm. and you just keep diluting it and you're pulling a lot of the fresh fluid back out along with the dirty fluid so well and you're not I, even getting as high a percentage as you would with a drain and fill in many cases most of your newer transmissions now have a thermostat on them right so you're not even getting into the transmission anymore right if you go into the cooler line with a right. flush machine right uh, you have to know all that when you get ready to, to do a proper service. Mm-hmm. Whether, you know, does this one have the thermostat on the side? Uh, even after you do a service, say on the uh, later model Toyota, I think it's a 750. Right. It has a external thermostat. And to check the fluid level correctly, that thermostat has to be open. Correct. At a certain temperature. And what we, what the service procedure is, you change the fluid, you change the filter, you add the fluid back, you manually open the thermostat so mm-hmm. all the fluid can flow around through the cooler. And that's done with a Toyota scan tool. And that is done with a Toyota scan tool and a special procedure. Mm-hmm. Then you can check the fluid level correctly at the right temperature, and then you put it back into service mode when you get done. Yeah. So there's a big procedure now. It's not just a dipstick anymore. Right. It's pretty in-depth, in and it has to be done correctly. Yeah, and... Every vehicle has all these little foibles and idiosyncrasies with them, and, and more and more and more every single year. I had a gentleman who had emailed the other day, and he said he had a, a Porsche Cayenne, and he mm-hmm. wanted to know if we could do an alignment on it. And I just wrote him back and said, I'm sorry, we service domestic and Asian cars only, right? not European. He said, well, it's just an alignment. Why can't you do an alignment? And That's he got a little, little miffed about it. I said, well, I'm sorry, but it's a major, major deal right. because – all of the software to access the different componentry on it, everything is different. We do not maintain all of that information and all that tooling because we don't service those vehicles. Mm-hmm. And 
what it comes down to, if there's a very limited number of a certain car in a certain in a geographical area, you're not going to spend the money. It may cost forty to $50,000 to tool up. For one particular vehicle. To align this one car. Mm-hmm. And another forty or fifty to do the next car. And another forty or fifty to do the next car. Unless there is a large number of those vehicles in the area which you can recoup that investment. Sure. You're just not going to purchase all that stuff because unless he's willing to spend five thousand or fifty thousand dollars on alignment, you know, it's just not practical. And that's why shops today specialize more and more and more. Mm-hmm. It's not that they can't get everything they need. It's not the information isn't available. It just it's comes at a price. Right. And you know, we say that we see this a lot of times where people will buy say a Subaru, which is a good little car, yeah. but in the Baton Rouge yeah. area, it's not a very common car. They're I very, think, very, very few. Handful I think, of I them. think we have one dealership in the in the area. Yeah, and I think it's a second line for them. Uh-huh. I don't think they're primarily that type of dealership. I think they sell it in conjunction with other cars. Right. So it's just not a locally popular car. So you're not going to go into your general repair shop that's always worked on your Chevrolet and your Toyota and your Honda and have them work on this car because they're just not going to have the stuff uh-huh. to do it. And it's not worth them buying it for the limited number of these cars in this geographical area. Exactly. And you say, well, can't you just do such and such? Well, I can't even change the tires on that car because if the TPMS light pops on, there's nothing I can do. I don't right. have no way the equipment to access. to access it. I don't know what if the ABS light pops on after you change the tire. You don't know, okay, what, what went wrong? Did mm-hmm. I bump a wire? is this one have a special reset procedure unless you've got the service data for it and know that and you and then the software to actually work on it with well that's right you just can do hardly anything at all on a car in fact i was talking to a friend of mine who works on i think it's the mercedes some of the mercedes products now don't have a dipstick on the engine to check the all mm-hmm. it's got a sensor and you have to go in and read that sensor and you have to recalibrate that sensor at each all change sure and unless you've got that tooling, you can't even change all in this car. How about that? Yeah. Isn't that something? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm waiting for the day when you have to have a special code to open the hood. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, mean, I can see that coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the way, just, the way just, things are going. Yeah. You'll just, you'll take it to your local. Have a card with a chip in it. You'll put it in there and it'll go on the internet and check and see if you got a got license, access to, license yeah. and all the equipment to do this. And if you're the owner, you just won't be able to open the hood. Exactly. <laughs> You know, unless you want to purchase all the stuff to do it. I know it sounds funny, but it I mean, does. strange thing. I, I never thought they'd be telling you how many people you can have at Thanksgiving either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we tend to accept things more now than, than we, than we did. used to. Yeah. Well, even, even a year ago, I, I don't think a lot of things that we think are pretty commonplace today, people would have even considered I, a year ago. So I, I agree. Yeah. And I, I don't want to get political, but right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> things happen yeah. <laughs> a lot. We were talking before about free and, and uh-huh. thinking things are free and how this can kind of lead you wrong. And I got to say, that is, there's one reason why marketing uses these words. Sure. Because they are effective. Every person in this world wants to get the best deal they can get, mm-hmm. me included. But it takes a certain measure of thought and a certain process of thought and a certain amount of knowledge to realize, am I really getting something that is as good for a lower price or, or am i getting something less or am i being lied to it takes a good deal of information to ascertain that mm-hmm. and we kind of get spoiled because when we buy dealing with commodities if i want a samsung model xg blah 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 right tv 
You that can is a commodity. So if I buy it from Amazon.com or one of the big box stores or my local right. guru who works on TVs, wherever I buy it, as long as all those numbers are the same, I'm getting the same, same product. product. It is a factory-produced product. It is a commodity. Mm-hmm. Services are totally different. And there is no standardization with a service. Many of the words and terms that have been used to try to commoditize services are basically totally meaningless. Right. I remember back, and you don't hear this hardly at all anymore, but the word tune-up used to be very common. I need a tune-up. And we assumed in those days that, well, my car is hard to start or it's idling rough or my gas mileage is down, so I'll go get a tune-up and that's going to fix it. And that was probably never really the case, but in those days, you had a pretty good chance of that fixing something, and it was relatively inexpensive, so you wasn't out a whole lot of money. Exactly. And so that was the way we did things. You know, we said, I need a brake job. Well, what is a brake job? Because the brake service on any two cars is going to differ depending sure. on what's wrong with those brakes and all that. So there's no such word as a brake job. It, it's one of those marketing terms that we think means something. but It's doesn't. used in advertising, but technically it doesn't mean a thing. Exactly. Nothing. Yeah. Hey, we can talk a little more about that and all the rest of the stuff we got on our mind as soon as we get back from this break. Hey, Mike, I'm thinking about boiling some shrimp. You know where I can get a good price? Oh, yeah. I got a shrimp guy, but there's a catch. His name is Remy Labateau, and you have to go down to Lafouche Parish and meet him after midnight. Okay. He'll be behind the dumpster of an abandoned fireworks standoff Louisiana one, and you have to buy exactly 50 points. Three pounds. Well, that's oddly specific. It seems everybody's got a guy these days. And if you're looking for an automotive guy, look no further than the team at Agco Automotive. No hassles, just straight up quality maintenance and repairs. And with Agco's general inspection, they can perform an annual checkup to find any problems and schedule maintenance to keep your car running right, saving you money in the long run. So what kind of seasoning do you use? Oh, I got a seasoning guy, too. How do you feel about traveling to Bangkok? Get automotive peace of mind. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Welcome back to the final segment of the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Alzan, president of Agco Automotive. Got our general manager, Mr. Brian Terry, right here in the co-pilot seat. Hey, between two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you may have. Still got a little few minutes here. Give we us a call. 291-6901. Next week's show will be a recorded show because uh-huh. of the holiday. We will be out. I know you'll be in the woods. Yep. As soon as I leave here, actually. Well, the, 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 deer, the deer meat inventory is getting low. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the freezer's getting low. It's time to restock. There you go. So we were talking just a little bit about being careful when you listen to advertisements, particularly as they relate to services, services. and all. And that's kind of so ingrained in the American psyche. It starts out, I guess, even with our American political system, again, not to get political, but politicians love to say things like, we're going to tax business and give the working man a break. Uh-huh. Well, what, they don't under- what the working man doesn't understand is business doesn't pay tax. Right. No business ever pays tax. Business collect tax exactly if you put a 15 percent tax on exxon mobil their prices go up 18 20, to 20 percent sure 15 for the tax they're collecting and, and another five for the three to five percent uh, for the extra people that got hired to account for it all uh-huh. so yeah but it's it just it sounds good sure it does even the word working man everybody considers himself a working man sure they do but you know if you are a 
plumber or welder or an electrician, you may be making two hundred fifty, three hundred thousand dollars a year at your trade. Mm-hmm. You still consider yourself a working man. You get up every day and you go to work. And, exactly. And you know, you write you this a day. However, to some people, that is a rich man. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, it, you got to be real cautious of these terms that they use yep. constantly and they sound like to make sense just like the word break job or, or tune up tune up and all, all right. that kind of stuff seem to make sense now where i'm going with all that is that if you call a unscrupulous operator mm-hmm. he is going to seem more plausible to you than an actual guy who is honest and trying to help you because the first thing if you call a man who or a person who is trying to help you, you tell him how much is such and such. He's going to say, well, we wait a minute. Yeah, we need to check this vehicle because we don't know if that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Well, I've had it checked. Well, I know, but that doesn't mean that's the problem. It could have been misdiagnosed. Sure. So we can't really discuss a price until we know what's wrong. Right, we don't know what's wrong. Now, people don't want to hear that. They no. want an easy, quick answer to a very complex problem. Sure. So they call the next guy. Well, he gives them a price. Well, that sounds plausible. That's how do I going. get it there? We just told it in for free. Well, that sounds plausible. It all sounds very good. Just like the opening discussion we had, you know, here's a guy who checked the car for free. Well, Mm -hmm. that sounds a whole lot better than paying money to get it checked. Sure. Although nothing is free, it's added back in there. You're going to pay that amount plus some. You know, even if the clock spring had been the problem in this particular case, about four hundred dollars would have been pretty well paid because I think the parts right. about three hundred and, and about a hundred dollars labor. Add another hundred on there for diagnosis. You're still at five hundred dollars. He was charged six hundred dollars. Where did the extra hundred dollar, extra two hundred dollars come in? Because supposedly they did a free diagnosis, mm-hmm. so they got their diagnosis well, sure. added in plus some. And again, I, I guess they figure, hey, we're going to be crooked. We might be crooked all the way. Might give us in there. Yeah. I mean, why not? But you know, these are the kinds of things that get people into problems all the time Mm -hmm. and there are a lot of problems that you you just once you're into them you're kind of committed sure it's it's hard to get yourself out of you got to avoid them again we start to talk about the guy with transmission and here's your transmission in a box or some parts in a box that Mm -hmm. you get maybe all of them there maybe some of them are there maybe they're different parts most other shops are not going to even want to take that job on. Exactly. Because they know what they're going to get into. Right. The diagnosis is over. Yeah. There is no and diagnosing the problem. So even if we did go in and put all this stuff back together and put it in and it still got the same problem because that wasn't the problem in the first place, it's just such a high, high risk job. Well, you, you, you're going to have the same problem plus another problem because right. you're not getting your original parts back. Right. So it's going to so be more expensive. It's going to be anyway. a lot more expensive. And so you, once you're into that situation, I have people call me all the time. My sure. car's at XYZ. He's got it all apart, and, and he's telling me it's this. I said, well, best thing is to go back and see if you can make peace with the guy and see if he can put it together and get it fixed for you because right. you're, you know, not, you're not going to find anybody else For anybody else with it. to get involved in this thing, it's just going to be a major deal. That'll just go trade it off as is. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're into a situation now where there may not be a remedy. The remedy may be another car. Right. Because you know all kinds of things have happened. Uh, parts could have gotten mixed up. I mean, you got parts for different cars. This is going to be ten times harder just to get you back to the point where you can diagnose the problem than it would have been to fix the problem to start with. But unfortunately, you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty. Once you're in that situation, it's pretty clear what you should have done. Exactly. I know that doesn't hurt help the person who's in that situation. The key is you've got to be able to remember this and learn. From it and avoid situations like that. yeah we were talking about our kids before and mm-hmm. you try to give them advice and all and sometimes it goes in one ear and out right. the other and it said you know a wise man learns from other people's mistakes 
average man learns from his mistakes. Mm-hmm. And then everybody below that doesn't learn at all. <laughs> and it, it depends a lot if you make a mistake and someone bails you out. And, again, with children, this is pretty common. Right. They make a mistake. They get into a situation. They're over the head. Mom and daddy comes along. They bail them out. Well, if there's no repercussions for that mistake, it doesn't have the impact that it would have if they'd have had to suffer through whatever they got themselves into. That's right. And I know we're trying to save our children sure. for suffering. But the way you save for the suffering is to give them advice up front. Now, if right. they Don't just get in the situation. choose to ignore the advice, then I think you may be better off in some cases. It's not a matter of life and death. Just to let them go ahead yeah. and suffer through it. Sure. I know that worked pretty well with me. <laughs> <laughs> the old man, you know, I'd actually pop what you think about such such. Well, I'd do blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. I said, well, I'm not going to do that. Okay. You yeah, walk that off. was the end of it. Okay. Do it your Do what you want. Yeah. Let me, let me know how it works out for you. <laughs> and I got to say, 99.5% of the time, he I wish right. I'd listened. <laughs> yeah, he was right. Yeah. yeah He's he, been there. He had the experience. Well, that's right. So what you got to do with these situations, if you can listen to what other people have been through, mm-hmm. and again, you can't listen with what you want to hear. You know, it's kind of like the scientific method where you plan, do, study, act. Mm-hmm. You start out with a plan. Okay, I want to lower my costs then you have to do something. You, you come up with a theory. And my theory is if I do such, such, and such, then that's going to help me lower my cost. Right. You may say, well, if I buy cheaper parts, it's going to lower my cost. Well, then you do it, but you got to look at the results. Well, you know, I ended up spending a whole lot more money than I would have if I'd have done something else. The last part of that is you got to learn. you got to act. Mm-hmm. You can't just keep doing the same thing. You know, I had a guy uh, in the shop earlier this week, and his – truck wouldn't start or right. actually his son's truck wouldn't start so they start looking at things i think they end up putting a fuel pump on it they put something else on it they put all kinds of parts on it spent a lot of money finally had the car towed in so now they're into a record bill which sure. they were trying to avoid in the first place they had to spend it anyway and we found out the pcm was bad and it just wasn't commanding the, the pump. fuel pump on so there's no signal coming in so they ended up having to replace the pcm anyway the point is what they were trying to avoid was a record bill. Right. And they were trying to avoid maybe diagnosis. A diagnosis. But they spent all of that money that they spent anyway for stuff they did not need that might not have been as good as the stuff they took off. Sure. Because if you went to a XYZ place XYZ and bought, place, a, bought a white box fuel pump, it's right. not as good as the OEM pump you took off. Right. You've that, got less than you had before. The pump in that vehicle probably go 150,000 miles. Yeah, it would have made 150,000. The one you put in might go 20,000 miles. Sure. So you've created a problem. That you're not aware of yet. Yeah, you're not even aware of it yet. Well, not only that, but after we got it running, check engine light pops on, it's got an EVAP code. Mm-hmm. So I told him, I said, well, you're capable of taking the tank out. Uh, I would go in first and look and see if you pinched a line while sure. you're in there it or got something unplugged or whatever. Because if this wasn't on before, and it is after you change the fuel pump. So likely they spent money on a pump that likely is not as good as the one they had before. Created a problem. Created another problem that it didn't have before. And still didn't have a vehicle. Still had to pay a record bill. Still had to pay the diagnostic fee. And still had to pay for what was wrong with the car. Yep. And fortunately... All that other stuff didn't add a problem with not running because let's say they had changed the fuel pump, got a pump that didn't work. Well, now where do you go? The first thing I would have done is check. I had no fuel pressure. I'd have commanded the pump I own, still no fuel pressure. Go then to the pump. We would have to replace the pump to go further. Well, you need to go to the pump, make sure you got power and ground. Right. If you got power and ground, then you can assume but the pump the, is bad. But let's say the pump is bad. I put power and ground to the pump, it still didn't run. Okay, we changed the pump. Well, we fixed that problem, but it still got, got a bad problem. PCM. 
So you don't got no command. Yeah. So we got to fix that before we can even get to the point where we can diagnose the other because if it doesn't run. Yeah, there's no diagnosis. Yeah. Another vehicle came in and he had a problem with the battery going dead. Well, we get in, it's dead as a hammer. It won't mm-hmm. start. Even if you jump it off, it won't start. And what had happened is because they had been jumping this car off, because the battery kept going dead. Right. They hooked the cables up back and blew, blew the big 100 amp multi-fuse. 120 amp multi-fuse. Yeah. Yeah. So we had to replace that fuse just to get the vehicle to start. Just so to get we it. could test it to see why the battery keeps going dead. Right. And not only that, but the battery had died because it had been dead so many times it wasn't coming back. So we had to put a battery in it. So you just created a whole lot more issues there. Mm-hmm. Again, in an attempt to save money, you actually cost yourself a lot, a lot more, more money. So... All I'm saying is you got to do your research, do a little thinking. Don't think with your, with your emotions. Look at the logical explanation. Look at what's happened to you in the past. Look what's happened to other people exactly. and then make a decision. And you're more likely to end up Come out with a on good top. result. Yeah. Hey, I see we're just about out of time. Get ready to wind on up, get on out of here. I'd like to thank our podcasters for listening this week and every week. Tell your friends, go to your favorite broadcast or rebroadcast service, whichever that might be. Find a written view and fill it out for us, please. There you go. If you can't find a place to uh, fill it out there, you can go to Google and just Google the name of our company, Agco Auto. And put us a review there. Yeah, put a review there. That'll help us out just as well. We appreciate it. Hey, preceding was opinion based on our experience in the automotive industry. Have a great weekend.